Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. Today we have a homily for Sunday, May 22nd, 2022, which is the sixth Sunday in the season of Easter. We'll begin our time today with a reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. A reading from Acts, chapter 16, beginning at the ninth verse. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshipper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira, and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The Word of the Lord. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Today I'd like to begin by telling you about a friend of mine named Andy. Now, Andy makes the best French onion soup. There's nothing better than Andy's French onion soup on a cold day in late autumn, served with a fresh baguette and a glass of wine. His wife often laughs a little, not because his French onion soup is so good, but because it's the one thing that he cooks. When he makes it, he follows the recipe meticulously. He uses a certain number of onions of exactly the right size, cut just a certain way. A certain amount of the right cheese shredded using the proper size cheese shredder. According to the legend that has developed around this recipe, Andy even counts out the exact number of croutons, just to make sure that consistency is correct. It has become a kind of good-natured joke in his house and among his friends, but let me tell you, the soup is good. One of the things that he has learned is that if he follows the recipe consistently, then he gets consistently good results. Over time, I've learned that that approach works well with recipes, but not always with people. We all have different backgrounds and different personalities. I could tell the same joke to different people. Some will barely react at all, and some will practically fall on the floor laughing, while others will be offended. To put it plainly, people are not always as predictable as my friend's French onion soup recipe. We have different histories, come from different places, and have different personality types. We're all wired differently, and we each respond to different situations in different ways. 
Soup recipes are predictable. People are much less predictable. We see this in the book of Acts by the way that people responded to the Apostle Paul. Just before the story of Lydia that we heard today, we read about some obstacles that Paul encountered in his work. Paul and his traveling companion Barnabas had a falling out and went their separate ways. Then Paul decided to visit and build up people in the churches that he had previously visited. Although Paul had some success and was greeted well in many places, he also encountered some obstacles that prevented some of his visits. Although he had many positive encounters and helped many people learn about the Christian faith, he was not received well by everyone he met. There was no single surefire recipe for success. Now that's all backstory for the encounter that we read about today. Today we read that Paul found himself in the city of Philippi. He left the city gate in search of a place to pray, and that's where he met a lady named Lydia. We don't know very much about Lydia. We do know that she was from a place called Thyatira in modern-day Turkey. So when Paul met her just outside Philippi, she was living almost 600 kilometers away from home. The author of Acts also tells us that she was a dealer in purple fabrics, which implies that she was a clothier to the wealthy. We begin to see Lydia as a financially self-sufficient businesswoman, which was quite rare in the first century. As such, she is both willing and financially able to support the ministry of Jesus Christ by providing hospitality to Paul and Silas. We're told that her entire household came to faith in the person of Jesus Christ, and as a result, she invited Paul to stay at her home. Not only that, Lydia's home became a kind of headquarters for Paul's work in the area. That is, until they were arrested for performing an exorcism. When they were released from jail, they returned to Lydia's home for a while so they could continue to encourage the believers in the area. It's interesting that such an opportune relationship began with a casual encounter on a riverbank. This morning, I would like us to pay particular attention to how Paul and Lydia met. We are told that on the Sabbath day, Paul and Silas went outside the gate by the river, where they supposed there was a place of prayer, and they sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. It's as though the two men were out for a stroll, looking for a place that they supposed was a place of prayer. When they found what appeared to be a good spot, they struck up a conversation. This is not the description of a calculated, strategic mission plan carefully designed to grow the early church. It has none of the premeditated deliberation with which my friend carefully executes his French onion soup recipe. It's two men striking up a conversation about their faith on a quiet riverbank. As casual and informal as the encounter was, there's another important thing to consider. It happened because of a spontaneous conversation on a riverbank, and not in a place that people intentionally seek out a religious experience, like a synagogue, a temple, or a church, or any other kind of religious building. 
There is a time and a place for organized strategic planning, don't get me wrong, but there is also a place for being spontaneous and being able to respond to the situation at hand. Both are important, and neither will work 100% of the time. There are those who come to a place of worship intentionally looking to encounter God. Hopefully, when they do, we can help them find what they are looking for. But there are many, many others who would never darken the doors of a church. As people of faith, we are called to introduce people to God whether or not they are intentionally seeking that kind of relationship. This does not mean that we go on some kind of holy war or crusade. By all means, no. But, in the words of the Apostle Peter, we are all called to be ready to speak up and to tell anyone who asks why we are living the way that we are, and always with the utmost courtesy. We are all expected to give a quiet, honest account of our faith whenever possible. In the homily last week, I invited us to consider what God is calling us to do and to be in our current context. Our text last week invited us to examine how we are identifying and then meeting the needs of those in our community. That includes finding ways to meet people's spiritual needs. This morning, we are given one example of what that might look like. It might look like Paul and Silas walking along a riverbank and having a simple conversation. It also looks like a conversation in a coffee shop or over a backyard fence, not simply about going to church, but why we believe the things that the Christian faith teaches. You see, church is not simply where we go, but it's also who we are. When we read the book of Acts, we see the Christian faith growing up and gradually moving away from the Jewish home in which it was born. In the process, the early church went through a steep learning curve. Aside from their faith in the person of Jesus Christ, one of the most important lessons they learned was how to adapt. They began to recognize that some things will work in some situations, but not in others. Some people respond better to certain people and not as well to other people. Celebrate what works for as long as it keeps working. When it stops working, try something else and move on. This lesson is just as important to the 21st century church as it was to the church in the 1st century. Let's pray. Gracious God, through a vision you sent forth Paul to preach the gospel and called people to a place of prayer on the Sabbath. Like Paul and Lydia, may our hearts respond to your word and be opened to where you lead us. Amen.